Welcome back to the Her Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Mel, and this is episode number 11. How are you? I had a funny conversation with my friend Anna this morning. We have an episode a couple of episodes ago on death and grieving. And we have both received comments that when listening to the episode, people have wanted to include themselves in the conversation. And it led us to talking about having a podcast where that was possible. Now, obviously not possible in the sense of, you know, having being at like talkback radio where people call up and talk on to the podcast, but almost that we leave a bit of a blank space that when we ask questions, we ask for someone's opinion and you as the listener would just chat away. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, but there's been several times when I've listened to podcasts and gotten really fired up at the answer or really wanted to support or just laughed at it and thought that it was a very good moment. So maybe an interactive podcast is where we're heading. Who knows? Um, But if you haven't listened to that episode, I do recommend you jump back and watch it. Uh, By watch it, I definitely mean listen to it. Um, Yes, it is a very interesting conversation and one that we all need to be having. So as you may have guessed, it is just you and I on the podcast today. And a conversation that I've been wanting to talk about for a little while. If you have been following any of my socials or have ever had conversations with me, you know that I like to think outside the box when it comes to our health and defining our health. And this conversation was prompted with a conversation that I had with a new client last week around what healthy means and how we define it. And I want you to open up your world and I want you to open up how you think about your health and who defines your health. So when you think of healthy or when you think of being healthy or even your health in general, how would you define it? Would you define it using a single word, good, bad, okay? Would you go into detail when you describe your health? Um, You maybe have some cycle issues. You may be having some mental health issues. You may be having some pain issues. Is, does that come up when somebody asks you about your health? Is it your weight that defines whether you're healthy or not? Do you look back at a past life and define yourself as healthy when you were a different size? The conversation is interesting because if you were to ask a medical professional what defines health, it would basically come to the fact that you have a heartbeat, that you are breathing, that you are alive, essentially. It doesn't really take into consideration how our body systems work together. And so this is why so often when we go and seek medical advice, that we walk away feeling a little bit disappointed, that we walk away feeling like we haven't been heard, that we haven't been seen, that 
maybe we're making the problem up. Maybe it is just a little bit in our own heads and it's not as bad as we seem. So this idea that health is more than your weight, it is more than how you present yourself. It really comes back to you being able to define health on your own terms. Now, the women that I work with have worked with me after seeing countless of countless specialists, countless exercise professionals, countless other allied health professionals. And every time they've seen someone, that particular person has absolutely known their craft. They have honed in on one specific area and known all about that thing. The problem is when we only look at one area, we are missing the whole human being standing in front of them. And I'm talking about you. You are that human being. You have a personality. You have multiple body systems that, mind you, want to work together to define health. And contrary to popular belief, you are more than what the scale says about you. So after hearing that, how would you define your health? Where are you sitting in terms of knowing how your body systems want to work together? About what those body systems even are and what that means for you. So when I'm working with my women, there are nine different areas that we look at in terms of defining our own health. And you may or may not believe it, but weight does not make the top nine. Can you guess what these might be? Can you guess the nine different things that we look at in terms of defining our own health? I'll start with the three things that aren't in it. So the three things that aren't in the way me and my women define health are weight, food, and exercise. Those three things do not come into our definition of health and describing how we feel about our own health. The nine things that are included in defining our own health are our body temperature, and that is our basal body temperature. So upon waking every morning, we take our body temperature and we record it in our phone or in our notebooks and we start to chart this. Now, the body temperature in females has been made a little bit more popular when it comes to charting our fertility. And this is a conversation that we'll have another episode because there is so much involved with this. But there is so much more attached to your body temperature and your cycle than, or sorry, than just your cycle. So body temperature, your basal body temperature is number one. While temperature is the first thing we look at, the other eight things aren't in any specific order. 
they will do a little dance to jump up and around where they sit with each other. But it's when we look at all of these categories together that we can then get an end result as to where our health is sitting. So one of the other things we look at is digestion. Do you pass a regular bowel movement, not only every day, but even multiple times a day? If we have a really healthy body, we have a really healthy waste system. And something that I think would surprise a lot of people when it comes to our digestion is that when we pass a bowel movement, it's not just the food that we eat that we're getting rid of. Um, Our body is constantly repairing and rebuilding its cells. And when we have waste in the body, it's called endotoxin. It's a very big, scary word, and it is not scary. Um, These endotoxins also come out through the digestive system. And when we don't have a digestive system that is working optimally to rid all of this stuff, you can kind of imagine what's going on in the body if the body can't even get rid of its own waste, let alone the food that we're eating. So another thing that we then look at is our energy. Our energy should work as the following. We should wake up in the morning feeling like we have had a good night's sleep and we should go to bed at the end of the day relatively easy. We should have nice level energy throughout the day. And I'm not talking in a fairyland world. These, the, this energy is absolutely possible. And I'm talking even to you, mums. The energy that we have throughout the day is again, a symbol of our relationship with food, our relationship with sleep and our relationship with our boundaries. It's pretty confronting sometimes and our society definitely uses alcohol and caffeine as a bit of a crutch when we look at our energy. So It's really hard to talk about energy from an honest perspective and really be okay with how your energy is showing up and how you can support it. So after energy, so we've got three things here. Uh, Number four we're going to look at is mood. So our mood, how does our mood affect the way that our, or how is it showing up how the rest of our body is working? Now let's use a very, very simple analogy that I'm sure you have all been familiar with. And let's be honest, if anyone has ever hung out with me in person, they will be very familiar with this as well. Hangry. Have you ever been hangry? Have you ever been around me when I've been hangry? Hangry is what happens when we start to get really anxious and angry and then you eat something and then you go, oh, I was just hungry. Um, That is just the most perfect example of how the rest of your mood kind of rolls into the rest of your body systems working. If we are not looking after and supporting our body, it is really easy to dip into anxious periods, depressive periods, 
overwhelmed periods because we don't have enough energy in our body to sort of service a rational mind. Now, please, I am not discrediting any formal diagnoses of mental health conditions, but what I am saying is that if you do find yourself in these waves of anxiousness and depressiveness and just moodiness that you can't really explain because life's actually not too bad, then maybe it is a little bit something like, again, a little bit of curiosity for you to go, am I supporting myself to the fullest? The next two things are going to be linked into each other. So females, we're going to talk about our cycle. Our cycle is another really big indicator of where our health and energy is sitting. Now, when it comes to our cycle, the first thing we look at is, is it a regular cycle? Do you have a 28 to 35 day cycle that comes with clockwork? You're able to note when you ovulate. And your periods are relatively symptom-free. Now, I'm not going to dive into this too much because this is an episode on its own, but that alone is a sign that your body is doing okay. If you have any symptoms attached to your cycle in terms of heaviness, irregularity, um, cramping, and I'm talking the sort of cramping that puts you in bed, calls you away from your family, calls you away from work, um, really makes you question why you have a uterus in the first place. Those types of things are not normal um, and are completely manageable through lifestyle intervention. Lifestyle intervention over medical intervention. Typically, if you are presenting with these symptoms and you go and seek medical advice, the pill is your only option. And I can speak on behalf of myself and I speak on behalf of all of the women that I have worked with that it is 100% possible to control what is happening with your cycle in terms of your food. Not only your food, but your all over energy intake. So linking in with the cycle is the libido. This was something I didn't learn about until a little bit later on in my own health journey. I was always someone who had a really low libido. I Look, I always enjoyed sex, but it was never something that I sought out. It was never something that I instigated. And to be honest... I was absolutely one of those people that I was like, haha, hurry up now, you can finish. And little did I know that this was all linked in with my health. Now, there are two extremes here there is low libido and high libido. Again, extremes are not healthy. We should be sitting in the middle somewhere. And at the very, very minimum, ladies, you should feel that little desire around ovulation. Part of the topic with libido, part of talking about libido is that it's just really not something spoken about in our society. You know, when this first came up for me, I was a teenager. 
and moving into my 20s. And realistically, if I don't have a libido, well, I'm just another kid that's not going to go and get herself into trouble and, you know, you're, insert your imagination to what girls with high libidos are doing at this point. And it, like I said, it wasn't until my late 20s that I sort of re- discovered that it was really tied in with our health that I just went, okay, why is this conversation not being had? And we don't even have to talk about libido in terms of being promiscuous and being cheeky, which I'm absolutely down for if we need to, but it is just another chance. It's just another example of how women are suppressed and not able to explore themselves to the fullest. But like I said, the cycle and the libido are a discussion on their own. So we're going to finish that little bit there and move on to the next thing. So some of the next things that we use to define health, the quality of our skin. So we're talking rashes, eczema and acne. It's a very good indicator again of sort of linking that sort of links back into our digestive system and how our body is using its ability to process its waste. So after we ask the quality of our skin, we look at the temperature of our hands and feet. So that is different from our basal body temperature, the temperature that we take in the mornings. I'm talking about literally, you know, you're getting into bed, needing a hot water bottle, needing socks, needing gloves, you know, re- you know, I'm sure your partner is the first one to tell you that you have really cold feet or really cold hands. And I'm sure you then turn around and say, oh yes, but you know what they say, cold hands, warm heart. And that's exactly what is happening here. If you have cold expended, um, hands and feet, your body is literally taking the blood from your extremities and keeping your torso warm because the body's whole goal is to keep you alive. It wants your brain, your heart, your lungs to have all of the nutrients, all of the warmth so that it can do its job to keep you alive. Everything else, kind of second class. Don't really care about that at this point. But again, these things are 100% lifestyle-based and you can do something about this. The last thing that I want to talk about in terms of defining our health is our sleep. Again, it's really popular to talk about how we don't get a full night's sleep and it's just how it is. It's just life. It's just something that comes with aging And I'm here to tell you that it's not. Your sleep is your body's chance to rest and rebuild. And if you don't give it that opportunity to do so, this is when problems start arising. And in the beginning, it is not such a big deal. But this is where the breakdowns start to happen later on in life because you haven't given your body that chance to do its thing. It wants to protect you. It wants to, like I said, repair, rebuild, make you stronger and grow. And that's why sleep is such an integral part of tying into our relationship with health. Now, I am inviting a sleep specialist on the podcast in a couple of weeks. So we're going to leave that topic up for her to delve into that. So stay tuned for that episode. 
And so they're the nine things that my clients and I look at. We look at temperature, we look at cycle, we look at digestion, we look at mood, we look at libido, we look at energy, we look at skin, we look at the temperature of our hands and feet by feel and our sleep. All of these things we can use to define our health that have nothing to do with weight, that have nothing to do with food and have nothing to do with movement. Because I can guarantee that if you have ever sought medical advice for discomforts in the body, the first thing that they will look at is those three things, your weight, your diet and your exercise. And it's really hard to change that conversation to the person standing in front of you, to you. The problem with looking at weight and the problem with looking at food and the problem that with looking with, at movement is that it also doesn't identify the relationship that you have with yourself. It doesn't look at the relationship you have with food or movement. It also doesn't look at your history and how you have gotten here in the first place. Now, by me saying that, I'm not saying that you've done anything wrong. I'm just saying that we definitely live in a culture that defines health outside of us. And it doesn't allow us the time and the space to explore who we are and what we are and respect the body for what it is. How many times have you been on a diet in your life? How many times have you thought that the next time you join a gym or you sign up with a new allied health practitioner that this is it? This is going to be the one that changes everything and you're going to be the fittest, the healthiest version of yourself. And it might last for a little bit. But usually something happens and it's not sustainable. And I'm not just talking about diets and I'm not just talking about hectic exercise routines and I'm not talking about just allowing yourself the chance to ebb and flow with these programs and these coaches. But it's also the conversation, sorry, that I want to have is that all of these things haven't allowed you to define health for yourself. They have tried to make you fit into another ideal of health. The problem with that is you are not that ideal of health. You are not that other person. You are not that other program. You are you with your life. A really big example of this that I like to use is I first joined a CrossFit gym in 2014 because I just moved to a country town that I didn't know anyone in and I needed to make friends. So as an adult, it is really hard to make friends. Um, And I knew that these communities were known for bonding and like I said, community. So I joined the local CrossFit gym and like everyone, like most people that when they first joined CrossFit, fell in love with it. I really fell in love with learning to move my body and challenging myself 
doing different movements, doing different weights. And in enjoying that process, I made some really cool friends. I also made myself really sick. It was also in 2014 that I sort of came to the peak of my health crisis and it wasn't good. I was severely depressed. I was <laughs> had the worst acne that I had ever had. I just couldn't understand it though. I was just doing all of the things that I was meant to be doing in ter- into divine health. I was exercising. I was eating well. I was doing the things and I wasn't healthy. The other kicker to that was I was an exercise professional who was trying to teach people about their health and I felt like the biggest fraud. But it wasn't till I paid attention to what was going on in my body and, you know, even though text that was textbook health, exercise, eat well, sleep well, like that was healthy, the signs that my body was displaying were not health. So I had to start asking myself what what did it mean to be healthy? And the first answer to that question was not to be where I am. So it was time for a little bit of a jig up to change things up a bit and get a little bit uncomfortable with redefining what health is. Now, if you're listening to this and you are like, oh, now I have to change everything and now I have to start again, you don't. You don't have to start everything. You don't have to start again. It could be as simple as starting to getting to know your body temperature, get to know where your body temperature sits, start tracking it, start charting it and having a look at what that means for you, what that means for the activity that you're doing. It might be your sleep, start tracking your sleep. Pick one of those nine things that I mentioned and have a look at how that sits in the rest. You definitely don't have to quit what you're doing and start all over again. But I do invite you to get curious. I do invite you to get curious that if what you're doing is so healthy, why do you feel the way that you're feeling? Or maybe you're not doing the things that you know might help. And so it's a matter of tracking your temperature and starting to apply the things that you want to redefine your health and see what that does. The temperature is a really cool little tool to use when it comes to your health, and it is not that hard to learn. I will be completely transparent and say it is a little tricky to sometimes remember to take your temperature every morning. You need to do it before you get out of bed. You need to do it before you move, before you get up and go to the toilet. Um, but it gets there. And looking at that chart is a very empowering decision because It's such a tiny little task, but you've given that to yourself and that's your journey now with yourself, with your relationship with yourself. That's you paying you the tiniest little bit of attention. So I invite you out of those nine things that I mentioned, what are you going to start to use to get back in touch with yourself? How are you going to start redefining your health? How are you going to start talking about your health? How are you going to continue the conversations around health? 
As always, if you have enjoyed this episode, I would love if you could share your takeaways with me on Instagram or even share this episode with a friend that you might think needs to hear it. Thank you for listening and I cannot wait for until next time. But until then, adieu.